0: Welcome back to the Sudrush Podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how the Ghazi who sold the stolen horse to Guru Hargobin was pissed off that he didn't receive his money yet. The last chapter ended with an argument between this Qazi named Rustam khan and baba buddhaji who was keeping guard sitting down outside the door of guru Hargobind's room where the guru was resting the qazi basically swore at baba buddhaji saying that he's gonna get that money one way or another maybe he'll become the son-in-law of guru Hargobind and take it away like that meaning he would accept a dowry to marry the guru's daughter a pretty vile slur here and baba buddhaji just casually though returned the favor saying oh wait maybe Guru Hargobind himself will become your son-in-law. Maybe he'll take your daughter away and then how will you ask for money from him then? So that's how the last chapter ended. Chapter 18 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind was sitting inside his room and how he heard that fight between the Kazi and Baba Buddha He was just filled with anxiety after hearing that. He was sitting there on his bed in silence. He was thinking, Oh man, what did Baba Buddha just say? Did he just call me the son in law of that Ghazi? He was arguing and fighting with that Ghazi in anger, basically just cursed me by saying that. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here minding my own business. Me being the son in law of that Toruk, that Ghazi, that would be so inappropriate. I would be defamed and slandered all across the lands. Six will say, oh, wow, what has he done? And when my mother hears of this, what will she say? she would never let that happen so what should i do now if i go ahead with this then i will be slandered throughout the world and so this is what guru Hargobind was thinking and worry about, worrying about sitting on his bed his eyes were lowered and he was just deep in thought you know such was the state of guru Hargobind at that moment who himself was the one to remove all anxieties and pains from his six so guru Hargobind was thinking that you know both options here present problems, you know, going against the word of Baba Buddhaji or obeying it. To marry a daughter of the Turgh, you know, that would be inappropriate. It's not acceptable in our culture. But also to go against the word of such a great Sikh like Baba Buddhaji, Baba Buddhaji whose blessing I was born from, you know. So this is a story that comes up in the stories of Guru Arjan Dev Ji where Mata Ganga who really wants a kid, um, requested from the Guru Guru Arjan, in humility, tells his wife, You know, you should go ask uh, Baba Buddhaji for this blessing. Baba Buddhaji then uh, said to Mata Ganga that you'll have a very powerful warrior son. So that's a little bit of a backstory here. Guru Hargobin continues to think that, you know, Baba Buddhaji's word is even accepted with great respect by all the demigods in heaven. Baba Buddhaji's word makes the impossible possible. Who could make the ever moving stand still, who would have you know the power to make the sun and moon stand still in the sky? You know, who has the power to go against that word of Bhabuddhaji, who has seen with his own eyes, you know, all the previous gurus? Baba Buddhaji's word could either curse or bless all the three worlds. He could even bless or curse even Brahma, Vishnu or Shivji. They would have to even endure through whatever Baba Burdaji would say. Even they are not more powerful than Baba Burdaji. So how could I now go against his word? All the greats have followed this tradition of enduring through whatever curse or blessing that they receive. Ramchandra recognized whatever curse came his, his way, which is why his wife Sita was sent to the house of the demons, Haravan. His wife being captured resulted in his defamation, his slander, but he still endured through it. Krishna was also cursed by Durbasha that his entire lineage would be destroyed and he endured through that. Whatever people do in this world, they think of it as either proper or not, but the saying of a Brahman, of a knower of the divine, like Baba Buddha, that always remains true and that tradition cannot be destroyed. So in the same way, I have to obey this tradition and listen to whatever Baba Buddha has said, My mother, Mata Ganga and the other senior six, well, they might get angry, but I'll endure through that. Just like my father endured through the pain of the curse of the Bramganikana." So this is just a side note here, we spoke about this curse by Kanna in episode 86. For those who forgot, you can go review that episode. So Guru Hargumar continues saying, My father, Guru Arjandevji, Dev Ji, he endured through that torture, which killed him. But he didn't care at all about any praise or slander that would result from that. So in this same way, Guru Hargumar was thinking about all these different analogous stories. And he stayed there sitting on his bed for some time thinking about all of this. He eventually walked out of the room, he opened the door, and he just he just laughed at Baba Buddha Ji before saying, Baba Buddha Ji, what did you say? did you not think of what was proper or not you basically cursed me while fighting with the ghazi how can i do that now how can i become the son-in-law of a ghazi what will the other senior six say about this baba buddha immediately clasped his hands together and said i've only said whatever you yourself have caused me to say O guru hargobind and the daughter of that ghazi for such a long time she's been performing austerities devotional worship and has not yet attained the divine has not yet met you by some fault of hers in her past life she was sent again to take human form again in the house of a turk but even then the great deeds that she's performed in her past lives that's what i thought about thinking that because of that that makes it acceptable she has kept many great fasts and has taken on her body such great pain for the attainment of the Divine. And all of her past deeds now will come to fruition when she looks upon you and is drenched in your love. So Guru Hargobind listened to this and just he just remained silent. Just like how ramchandra sat and received a great curse from his Guru Vashishth. So Guru Hargobind just sat there and he started to clean up. He started to wash his hands, his feet, his face, which then looked so beautiful. He got dressed. He put on his jama, a tunic, which was threaded so beautifully with gold, as well as pearls were embedded on it. He tied his distar and waistband, his kamarkasa, which looked so beautiful. His beard looked amazing as it was just filling in. At his age, he was still young, and it was just coming in on the bottom of his chin. His face looked like the moon, and the darkness from that beard just looked like the dark side of the moon on the bottom side of it. His eyes were so large and wide. Whoever caught a glance and looked into those eyes were just enchanting. On top of his destar he placed a jiga or tiara which looked so glorious, and he had these beautiful earrings which swayed beautifully beside his face. He had gold bracelets which were embedded with jewels, and he had a large pearl necklace around his neck. His jama, the tunic, which was made from the most exquisite and fine clothing. On either sides of that tunic, he had two large swords strapped into his waistband. And the author, the poet, and Singh here says that, you know, How far can I go and describe how beautiful the Guru looked? There's no one else in the entire world who has looked so glorious. So he placed on his horse such a fine fabric and saddle, which were embedded with diamonds, jewels, and rubies, before the Guru with his large and strong body mounted that horse. A bunch of six wanted to mount up and ride with him as well, but he stopped all of them. And he only took one servant with him when he rode out. Meanwhile, the house of that Ghazi, which was along the path, if you remember, that house was quite large. It was a fancy house. It had these large windows. They had these curtains and shutters on the windows, um, coverings to guard the women from people looking in and seeing them. And it had gates all around so nobody could come in. And in that house there was a young daughter of that goddess, Yurustam Khan. And that daughter was unmarried. She was so beautiful, imagine it was as if Cupid himself had fashioned her. Or maybe the moon fashioned her. That's how beautiful she was. Or maybe perhaps she was like Ramba. Ramba is one of the finest, the finest heavenly damsels in heaven, who was known as the most beautiful of them all. So she had youthfulness and beauty in every limb of her body. And at that moment she came to the window of the house just randomly. And it was at that exact moment when Guru Harguman was on his horse traveling along the path. Guru Harguman was making that horse jump up and down. He was just going for that stroll. It looked beautiful. It looked so beautiful as if Guru Harguman himself looked like Cupid, the god of love, on this horse. And the daughter, she heard the noise of the horse prance around. So she looked over. And when she saw Guru Harguman, she would just. She was just enchanted she lost herself it was as if someone who was really poor just came across a large treasure trove of riches or it was as if someone who was starving saw somebody coming to give them food or it was as if somebody who was just burning up with heat being dehydrated was looking at water hoping to drink it so she was just staring with this one point folks mind on guru hargaming she would just absorb in this meditative like state like focus on the Guru she had such large and wide eyes as well which were just stretched open she wasn't blinking she was so absorbed she forgot how this might look to others that she was just staring at Guru Haru she then shut the shutters of the window and then just walked outside uh, on the house and she opened the main door to have a better look and it was like a deer who was just enchanted she just couldn't move she had so much love swell up for Guru hargobind and looking at the Guru. It was as if somebody had tied her up and she was just standing there, not able to move at all. And at that time, Guru hargobind also looked over as he was riding and he saw this. He saw how she was just drenched in love but looking distressed. And he stopped his horse at that moment. And they looked at each other for some time now. Kola, the daughter of the Kazi, she just could not move her eyes anywhere else she was just stuck imagine if someone was burning up in the sunlight finally felt peace from a breeze of cold air that was passing by that was her expression she was thinking you know who is this it was as if the moon had left the sky and came down for a ride. such beauty such glory such splendor where would such a man reside on earth what fortune would women have to have such a husband as this here Such people in the world would be so fortunate to be able to spend time with such a man, having fun and laughing with him. How can I even speak with such a person? I've seen him just for the first time. I don't know who he is. I don't even know how to find out who he is. Who can introduce me to him? If I don't meet him, I'm going to go crazy. What can I do? Such an unfortunate life I live, but in seeing him, I've just fallen in love. My mind has been Overthrown by this love, it's like I've gone crazy, like people who see two moons in the sky. So then she started to think. Olna started to think about ways in which she could meet with Guru Hargobind. But it was at that time that her father, that Gazi Rustam Khan, walked in and saw her staring at Guru Hargobind, and he just he just lost. He was so angry at his daughter. He just he just grabbed a whip and then started to hit his daughter, like fearlessly, without any fear of any repercussions. He was whipping her while saying, "You foolish girl, you're going to destroy the honor of our lineage." Looking at the Guru of the Hindus in this way, you idiot! Why have you even been born into this family? So he was saying these things as he was whipping her as hard as he could. It was, it was very vicious. It was ripping all the skin off of her body. The poor Golan. She was yelling out in pain, you know, which her mother then heard, and the mother then ran. And grabbed the whip from her husband and said, you know, why are you hurting your daughter so badly? By beating her so bad, you're going to arouse suspicion from others around us. She hasn't done anything bad. She was just with me in the other room. Like, who cares if she's standing here? Why are you making it seem like she did something really bad? You're going to have people lose respect for us. People will laugh and clap at us in disrespect. The father replied in anger, saying, oh, she was standing here, but she was just looking at this Hindu Guru, whose name is Hargobind. She's going to dishonor our lineage if people see her looking at the Guru in this way. And then the father starts yelling at the mother, saying, She was just with you now, and you can't take care of her? You can't watch over her? If I see her doing this again, I'm going to kill her. So the Gazi said this, and then was really saddened by what happened. He then regretted everything that happened. and It was during that time where Guru Hargobind had left back for his encampment, where he then dismounted and then rested. And that's how chapter 18 concludes. And in the next chapter, we're going to hear more of the state of the young Kola and her request to Guru Harguman. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangla Jain Patreon page. <laughs> You oh. may have said to him that he had के cry, or during his